Hello everybody and welcome back to Murder Blows. It's your girl Sasha here. Maisie today is telling it better than Netflix. Telling us what happened to the Ruffay family. I'm not sure I agree with what happened, but I really have to go back and watch that documentary now and find out. We're missing Violet today, but that's okay. There's still three of us ladies holding strong. It's uh, me, and you also got your girls. Cody. And Maisie. And before we take you down this twisty-turny road and path of mostly us just having a phone call about murder, uh, I just wanted to remind you guys about Arcadian. They're a grooming company. All of their stuff smells amazing, and I am a whore for fragrance fragrances jeremiah our soundboard expert has been using uh, the beard balm and i think it's been a little shinier lately just saying looking real healthy you can uh, pop over to their website and use the code MurderBlows to get a sweet sweet 10 percent off there's all kinds of stuff over there if you got hair on your head they got a product for you or your body i guess i don't know uh i guess it's time for some intro music <laughs> thanks for listening guys bye so I wouldn't call her at work. Oh. I feel bad, but I'll put her back. Yeah, put her... That's sad. Oh, well. We'll we'll pull this off. We always do. I don't even have a funny story. Nothing's funny has happened. Oh, no. I know. I have to, like, think of one. I mean, it's been, like, two weeks. It has. Like, a week and a half. It feels like forever. I heard a ding, but no amazing. Maybe. Oh. There oh she my is. God. I'm just still munching. I have nothing going on. I don't even know if you guys can hear me, but whatever. You can. I can. I can. Awesome. You're not on the upside down. Good, for once. You've done it. You started out real, real strong in the beginning, though, so... Jinx it. Right? Yeah. Cool. That's true. Yeah, I feel so it's so weird without Violet here. I know. Yeah. She's like a major personality. So I mean, I have faith in you guys, but not myself, so that's cool. Our personality is not good enough. <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's okay. I feel very unprepared for this case. I can never oh, find one that's just like one guy just does it all. I, just, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find most because I thought about this case and I was like, this is gonna be really interesting. Oh my god, there's so many layers. <laughs> every single time, it happens every time. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna get a kick out of this one, Cody. Yay! I'm excited. So how's everybody's week? Are we going into that? We can. Um. My kids started school. Woo. Fun. So I have to get up early. Boo. Um, I'm sad that summer's over because I love, I'm one of those people that love summer. Oh, um, you have your own pool. You get to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and August is going really fast. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing new. Sometimes Those that's are... good. <laughs> yeah. That's going fast? No, that there's nothing new. There's nothing oh, yeah. new. Well, um, Chicago was good. We went to Chicago? Yeah, that's why I... We had a week. Yep. Yeah. I was on a plane. Um, beautiful city. Food's great. The things to see are great. It was hot. Was it for work? Yeah. Some of, well, it was for work for Thursday, Friday, and then we stayed the weekend. So that was nice. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you got... If I'm going to read your mind and you're going to say deep pizza. dish pizza. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was amazing. It was extremely filling, though. Like, I thought I was going to die. Yeah, they don't mess around. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I forced myself to eat more on that trip so I didn't miss out on anything. And I'm still miserable. And I've been back for three days. Oh, that's what happened to me when I went to Pennsylvania. I did nothing but eat. And I'm still just like, oh, I have to get the sugar out of my system. Mm-hmm. Like, it's awful. And yes. I went to Nashville once and got deep dish pizza. And literally. Where did you get deep dish here? Um, <laughs> where do we get deep dish in Nashville? I guess 312 has it. Bar, and then there was a pizza joint. Hmm. I know it was amazing and it was open till like 3 a.m. Oh, those uh, are the best places. I was outside while my husband was getting a pizza and this girl walked by and she was like, no, Seth was getting napkins and I was eating. She told me I looked good with my pizza. Oh. It was culture shock because I'm used to Sevier County. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. Oh, like it's Instagram worthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in culture shock. That's funny. Never heard that one before. It was so good. I'm into it. I would eat deep dish pizza more times than I probably should. Yes. Um, we went to a ramen spot that was open until 1 a.m. P- so that was fun. Oh. Ramen is delicious. Yes. Uh... We saw the bean, which is apparently actually called the Cloud Gate. Sorry, Chicago. What is that? Oh, it's called the Cloud Gate now? I think it's always been the Cloud Gate, but let's be real. It's a bean. Yeah, everybody calls it the bean. (laughs) What the hey? But yeah, I've been back, and uh, apparently I'm going to South Africa for work, so... When?! Uh, the end of September. What? Yeah, so I've been watching YouTube videos. Maybe I... Oh, no, I shouldn't find a murder before then. I should find a murder after. Yeah, you... After. For yeah. sure. Scary. Dang. I'm trying to find happened. a last-minute end to this... <laughs> Um, I really haven't had a whole lot happen. Um, my sister is coming into town. She's probably in the air as we speak. Yes. 
from New York. Oh. So that is a long day. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. I'm gonna come and sit on our pull-out couch. And we're gonna go to Seattle, watch a Mariners game. Very be cool. Fun. Yeah. Um, I'm literally doing mine and Violet's uh, con schedule for next year, and I swear to the Lord, we will go to go to your hometown, or not your hometown, <gasps> but your, your town now that you live in, and you live in town. Yay! I live in town. So just you know, wait until we decide, so that way you don't plan a vacation on the same day like my other friends did in <laughs> Atlanta. <gasps> No, if you guys are coming out here, first of all, hell yeah, I'm excited. Second of all, you need to block out a good couple of days okay. to to experience it. Not, I mean, I mean, I'm sure the con world's gonna be crazy out here, but on its on its own. Well, so I'm trying to think of like a podcon, not the podcon, but a podcon. Uh. They. Uh, well, I, there's one happening out here, but I don't really know a whole lot about it. I need but to I think it's this it year. Out. I think it's this year, though, like in November. That's fair. Maybe next November. I'm out of days off. <laughs> it's devastating. <laughs> I have five more for the rest of the year. Yes, that's one day off a month. <laughs> I mean, I get weekends Whoa. off, but like extra days off. So you can't take a trip that's not for work anymore? Yeah, probably not. But you're going to South Africa. I am. I'm excited, but I think it's probably the highest risk risk area I've traveled to so far. So. Do you know where you're going? I mean, yes. Like I. Oh, you mean like what city? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got like, South Africa. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got a hotel. I know where I'm flying into. <laughs> Do you want the details? Like what? <laughs> I can't share them. We'll <laughs> be. We'll be in Johannesburg, which I recently learned that that's how you pronounce it. So, sorry, yeah. world. Um, speaking of, there was like 10 Australian listeners this week and last week. So, shout out to you guys. Oh, for thanks for sticking around. my awful p- pronunciation. <laughs> sorry about Violet's razor blade thing. It's not, that's funny though. I feel I like I get to say funny. that because she's not here though. Oh, R.I.P. Violet. Speaking of, Violet's not here. <laughs> Straight to the R.I.P. <laughs> She's got life stuff and work, so she gets yeah. to sit this one out. We miss you, Violet. If, you're, you. if you listen to this, we miss you. Yeah, if you listen to it, there's uh, <clears throat> there's definitely theme music at the end. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right now she's gonna be, or when she listens, she'll be shaking her head, and be like, "I'm fucking listening to it. Leave me alone." The best part is she'll probably be listening to it as she drives to move to Nashville. Yeah. <gasps> so meta. So meta. We're still in the same three cities. The distribution just switched. <laughs> How did that happen? That's as soon as she moves, I'm gonna be like, "I'll call, but no, I won't." <laughs> That's so sad. I don't like it. I don't like it either. You can come out here and live with us. I got a bedroom. <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> well, when we fly to, when we fly to, um, when we do, oh my gosh, brain. So I just finished a workout. <laughs> 
Oh, that's why yeah. I don't sound excited. That's it's not you guys. I'm just literally hunched over from fucking mountain climbers. They can suck my emotions. Uh, yeah, those and burpees. Ugh. Okay, burpees are the ultimate evil. Yeah, honestly though. Um, but yeah, no. So brain, well, Cody, you're gonna have to fly out here or. I don't know. I'll just figure it out for you to go to Portland with us so that way we can go to a con. Okay, you'll just have to drug me for the flights. Yes, easy. And other than that, I should be good. She's like, right, girl. Challenge accepted. <laughs> it is so easy to drug you. It'll be great. I'll just sleep the whole time. I mean, I will say, like, flying to the West Coast for the I mean, second or third time, I think the other times that I've flown from East Coast to West Coast, it was to go internationally, so, like, that that was, like, the least of my problem, but, like, just getting off the but, train, but plane, fuck, the plane, uh, it, it was, like, a long flight, it's, like, four hours of sitting, and you're tired when you get there, because it's nighttime for you, and everyone's just doing their mid-afternoon activities. Right, well, I mean, I just spent, like, nine hours in a car the other day so this is true but you can stop the car when you want to you can but we don't my husband's like you're not peeing for four and a half hours <laughs> oh see the last big car trip i was on uh, my mom drove and she's like one of those like every two hour stoppers and so you like yeah. never get there and i'm like i want to go home <laughs> i think all mothers are like that yeah if the trip is under four hours, though, we don't stop. Like, if, right. like, if it's up to me. Oh, if it's, like, Knoxville to Nashville, no. Like, oh, hell no. There's no reason. Unless, like, we plan to stop to eat somewhere. That's it. Yeah. But then... Or there's a really sweet food stall. Right, right. Produce man. Violet, how was your week? <laughs> Violet comes out of the upside down. <laughs> Guys! With one candle. With one candle and a toilet story. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple toilet stories. Love her heart. At least machete. she's honest. And the machete. Oh, and the machete. Uh, yep. Yeah. Never forget the machete. Machete. I'm sorry. I have to. I just got it. Okay. Alright. Well, do we want to just get into it? Oh my god, are we recording? <laughs> yes. <Go>. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> what I a fiasco. everything. Wow. Delete. You know, Delete. we had problems when Cody wasn't on the cast too. It's like, friggin' it knows, the internet knows that we're not together. I just can't handle this. Okay, I'm fine. I got my emotions out. We're good. <laughs> Tell us about murder. Well, I'll have to give you my sources later because they're kind of everywhere. Um, I saw a TV show that talked about this case a, a bit ago, like last year, and then I thought about it again because I was like, that case is really interesting. I'm going to look into it. And I was like, I'll just rewatch this episode, zzz, plural, and it'll be cool. Like, I'll, you know, that'll tell me everything. False. Does not tell me everything. So watched it the two-part series it is on netflix and i'll get to that later and i was like sweet 
Cool. Okay, well, let's dig into this. So, digging into it, there's no Wikipedia page for this case. There's no Murderpedia page for this case, which I rely on those heavily. Um, <laughs> and I know. I, is it like a creepy pasta? That no, is... it's a very real pasta. Like the water is hot oh. pasta. <laughs> that was and... salted and oiled though. <laughs> There's so much salt. <laughs> uh, where are we going with this? Uh, basically, it's very intricate, and I had no idea. And by the time I was into it, I was like, well, you waited too long, and now it's too late. You have to keep going. So <laughs> I pushed through, and I'll do my best. But guys, listeners, hi. Thank you. We love you. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, this is the friendly reminder that you are essentially on a phone call with normally four, but today three friends. And I am telling my three friends, two friends, oh my god, <laughs> math, simple math. I'm telling my two friends today, Sasha and Cody, about this case on a Netflix series. So we are not, I am not the most factual and i apologize i'm excited though <laughs> i very much guarantee if not one of you both of you have seen this show okay cool all right so let's go back to july 12th of 1994 well just that week of july let's start there so BFFs, okay, now, Sasha, don't get mad at me, because technically the crime happened in Washington, but Canada is involved. You guys can touch international stuff. Well, if you weren't going to allow it, then we would just go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to Murder Blow. <laughs> Only I get Canada cases. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> All right, cool. So. In the week of July 12th, 1994, the BFF Sebastian Burns and Atif Forfay, who were 18 at the time, um, go to visit Atif's family, who had just moved into a, uh, like a middle-class, quiet, upper-middle-class neighborhood of Bellevue, Washington. So, Atif and... Um, Sebastian took the bus from Vancouver to Bellevue, which is roughly three hours. Um, Atif's father, Tariq, mother, Sultana, and sister, Bosma, had recently moved from Vancouver to Bellevue to this nice neighborhood because of the dad, Tarek's engineering job. Um, they had been staying with the Rafay family for about a week. They were on, like, their summer vacation or whatever. And uh, they had plans to go out the night of the 12th. So around 8 p.m., Sebastian and Atif, they go to dinner in um, at a restaurant called The Keg in Bellevue. And two 18-year-olds ordered two glasses of wine and one salad. I mean, live your life, but... That's something to be noted. Um, they then headed to a showing of The Lion King. And they were remembered in the theater for being too loud. So after the movie, around like 11 at night, they head to Seattle, which is 
just a 15-minute drive from Bellevue. And they went to a local diner. They left a really big tip at the diner, and they made their way to a nightclub called The Weathered Wall, where they just barely made it in time for a drink before the club closed. So around 2 a.m. on July 13th, so early that next morning, Sebastian and Atif arrived back to the Rafay home to find Atif's whole family brutally murdered. Does this sound familiar to anybody? No. What really? What are you doing wrong? What? Cody? And- oh, and I have opinions. Okay. Yeah, I, I have opinions. That. You know yeah. what it is, yeah. though? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I can't okay. wait to hear your opinions because there's no... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So. The Rafay family, like I said, had just moved. So... They had boxes everywhere and stuff like that. So, anyway, I don't know why I put that right there. Um, so, the boys come home, 2 a.m., they walk in the house, and in the front room is Sultana, the mother, and they can't really tell what has happened to her. There's just blood everywhere, and her hijab is covering her face. Um, the way her body was, her knees were bent, so... Eventually, when the police came in, they suspect that she was in a praying position because it was around the time of the murders. It was around 10 p.m. when the murders happened, which is around where in the Muslim culture they do a prayer at around that time, I believe. I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't mess that up too bad. But she was in a prayer position. Um, They find the mom. They're freaking out. They're walking through the house. They go to the parents' bedroom. And they find Tark, the father, and they can't really tell a whole lot about the situation, but there's blood everywhere, and the you, the the face is unrecognizable. So they walk through the hallway. They pass the sister's room. Now, Bosma, the sister, is older than Atif. She's 20, and he's 18 at the time, and she is autistic she's never spoken a word in her life her mom was her caregiver and they passed the bedroom door of Bosma's room and she is moaning and they walk out so these are still the boys so Sebastian calls I know um Sebastian calls 911 and in this Netflix show okay the confession tapes so one of the first few minutes of this show the confession tapes is the 911 call because Sebastian he calls 911. He's like, Oh, uh, 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 there's been a break in, and my friend's mother is dead. Like, we don't know, like, and very stuttery. And like, uh, until he gets to the end where he's like, Hurry, come please fast. And then he just hangs up. So they didn't really get a whole lot of information out of him from that 911 call. The 911 call is very interesting to listen to. Um, but anyway, so. Do you like listening to the 911 calls? I don't mind it. I like, I like, well, because, well, honestly, though, for me, this call sounds so fake. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like somebody, you can hear somebody screaming in the background. That's not what's happening. So I was super into them until 
I listened to, or I watched a YouTube video that was like 31 unbelievable true 911 calls. Yeah, calls. never sign up for that. That was a lot of trauma at once. Don't do that. Don't sign up for that one. 911 call. It's very suspicious. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's, yeah, I don't know how it was in the 90s, obviously, but they don't want you to hang up until police are there. Uh, he's like, hurry, please come quick. We're going to wait outside. Goodbye. Like, he's like, there's some, there could be somebody still in the house. So, please come. Oh, if there's someone still in the house, what? I am staying on the line. Oh, wait. There's no cell phones. He would have to stay inside the house. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the 90s. (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) Can you imagine seeing Lion King in theaters, too? I was yeah, gonna have you guys. I was about to say two glasses of wine, a salad, and Lion King in theaters. Like that sounds like my dream day. Also, I, I did. I saw the Lion King in theaters. What? When I was That's... in sixth grade. Oh my god! You don't want to know how old I was. That's funny. <laughs> yep, I remember it. The Lion King's like ninety-one or ninety-two, right? No, ninety-four. Ninety-four. Like okay. All right. Uh, before I started kindergarten. Fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that. I was a year old. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they saw the Lion King in theaters, and their two glasses of wine and a salad was nine dollars. BTW. What? Oh, when? Where? <laughs> I How want much were their movie tickets? tickets? Like five bucks a piece? Probably two dollars. I mean, we're not get we're getting angry about the wrong thing. <laughs> so. The 911 call is super upsetting. Um, the police come. They are... Um, so, this this is the point where the stories start to split. Where, where some people say this happened and some people say this happened. So, some people say that at the scene, the boys acted accordingly. Like, they were freaking out. They were like, oh, what is happening? Like, we don't know. We just came home and we found them all like this. Ugh. And then other people, as in some of the detectives, were saying, well, they would answer our questions, but they would seem like they were fed up with us or they were, like, kind of, like, cocky or arrogant. So witnesses are the ones that said they were acting as you would on the night of, and then the cops say something else. Anyway, so because... The whole Rafay family has been murdered, and they don't know anybody else there. The police are like, well, we don't really suspect you guys right now, but we still want to have you close, so we're going to put you up in the hotel. So they put Sebastian and Atif up in a hotel in Bellevue, and they're there for three days. Um, In those three days, the boys, they're not really, from what I can tell, they weren't like, supposed to stay there the whole time so they would go out they like went to blockbuster rest in peace blockbuster um and like rent movies there is still one blockbuster i know isn't it in oregon i have no idea why would i think that i don't know um there's still one i know that because i saw it on the news but (laughs) um so they were seen at a blockbuster um and like security tapes like laughing and then as soon as people saw that later in the media they were like what monsters they're laughing like the day after you're like well i mean you don't know okay so anyway so they're at this hotel 
And after three days, the police are like, you can go now. Um, we're, we don't really need you at the moment. And they're like, sweet, cool, tight. So they have, now Sebastian's family is in Vancouver, Canada. They have the Canadian, I don't know these terms, the Canadian consulate, someone at the Canadian consulate to call the Bellevue police while the boys are still in Washington and be like, hey, they want to come to Vancouver. Is that cool? They're going to come up here now. And the Bellevue police were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. That's important to know. So the, the boys get the all clear to take a Greyhound bus to Canada. That is the third day after these murders have occurred. In the Muslim culture, on the third day after someone has passed, they have to have a burial they have to have a funeral, and the family that is still alive is responsible for, pre- like, preparing the the bodies and the funeral situation and all that kind of deal. Well, when Atif and Sebastian get to Sebastian's parents' house in Vancouver, they see on the news that they're having a funeral for the Rafay family, and Atif is sitting in Vancouver, and he is like... WTF, I had no clue about this. Mm. Well, police are like, "Mm, don't buy it because in the Muslim faith, that is one of the most important things. Like, after after someone passes, everybody knows this is what you do. And uh, the Rafay family was very traditional when it comes to their Muslim culture. So, the police don't buy that for a damn second, but but maybe nobody died in his family before. Oh, well, but I mean, like, in the Muslim faith, that's, it came across like that's common knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But so, so they're in the, um, they're in Sebastian Burns' parents' living room. They see that on the news. Um, Sebastian's parents say that Atif is, like, visibly shaken. He is very upset that they went ahead with the funeral without anyone telling him um so they uh, he is seen like a couple days later back in washington and he's seen like laughing and like joking around and like people just aren't taking this very well obviously um uh let's see uh, uh, uh. yeah okay so after the funeral, they are in Canada, okay? They're hanging out in Canada. They, the Bellevue police, they're people of interest at this point. They don't really have any other leads, but they don't really have any proof that these kids were a part of anything either. So what's happening in Canada? Oh, pause for the cost. Okay, so... One thing that Atif um, received when his parents were killed was his inheritance. So they were saying that that was the motive for these murders once they start seeing the boys as suspects. Um, as soon as that Atif could have that money, he took that money. And he bought a new car, and him and Sebastian... And their friend from high school, Jimmy, oh, 
Miyoshi. Now, my thing is they didn't have to do that because Sebastian's parents still live in Vancouver, and that's where their apartment was. So, you know, something to think about. So, Bellevue police can't really touch them because they are in Vancouver, but the way the Canadian, like, police work, they can. So, the Royal Mounted Canadian Police, the RCMP, yeah, RCMP, um, put in a request to wire the apartment that the boys are staying in. So, yes. I love the sneaky. <laughs> oh, this is such a sneaky case. <laughs> um, so their apartment is wired, and after I think a a time of like three months, they. But I mean, they're listening to everything, everything. They're like, they if they did this, they will talk about it. Like, there's no way they're not gonna say something to somebody. Oh, there's but, like a code word for it for fucking sure. There's a, there's a, yeah. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> so, um, they bug this apartment. The boys have no idea. And it's three months later and they're not getting anything. They're not, they're not getting anything they want that they can use. Now, keep in mind, this is the RCMP. This is not, this is not, uh, Bellevue PD. They can't touch them right now. So, the phone rings in the apartment. It's phone call for Sebastian. Well, it's his hair salon, and they're just confirming a uh, like appointment he has for later in the day. And he's like, "Cool, thanks, tight. I'll be there." And they're like, "Cool, thanks, tight. Thanks for not failing." So he goes to get his haircut. He walks out of the shop, and there's a man standing out there. And he's like, "Oh, like I can't believe this car trouble. Can you help me? Can you take me back to my hotel?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure. This is Sebastian." Sebastian's like, yeah, sure, that's fine, whatever. So he drives him back to the hotel, and the guy's like, thanks so much. Can I, like, you want to go to this pub, and I'll buy you beer? He's like, yeah, sure, I guess, that's fine. So Sebastian- Have you heard anything more fucking 90s than this interaction? I know! So Sebastian is intrigued because this mysterious man comes off as, like, like a philanthropist, like a businessman, like he knows what he's talking about. And- now that Sebastian's not really trying to think about what happened in Washington, he's trying to, like, you know, get his life back together because they think they've done it. Um, oops, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> um, he's trying to, like, think of ways to, you know, make some money because he can't get a job. That's another thing. Uh, Sebastian and Atif are basically seen as pariahs now, even in Vancouver. Nobody, nobody's buying it. Um, so anyway, this guy's like, yeah, like, I might know a guy that might be able to help you out. Maybe he can find you a job. And then Sebastian's like, well, hang tight. Um, I'm actually working on a screenplay and I need money for this screenplay. And they're like, okay, do tell. Uh, let me get the name of the screenplay. This screenplay... (laughs) Okay, so the name of the screenplay was called The Great Despicables. And what it what the story is that Sebastian Burns wrote himself is about two young men that have committed a murder in their life after. So this mysterious man, I'll go ahead and tell you now, 
is a uh, RCMP undercover agent. This is some fucking CSI Miami shit. <laughs> I know. So they what? wired these kids' house. They overheard them talking about a hair salon and an appointment. And then the agent knew to meet him outside of it and was like, welcome to my whip. So. Oh, my God. John just got home with dog treats from Mari and she's like about to start barking and I'm not here for it. Don't do it. Sorry. He's um, been doing this thing where, like, every time he lets Sif in, he turns behind him and he goes, hey, who's that? So fucking loses his heart. Oh. <laughs> Little baby. Uh, hey, who's that? And he's just like, I'll kill that. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Oh, good John. He taught her to whisper. So now when she goes to, to bark, he'll go, like, he puts his finger over his mouth. She goes, <laughs> Oh. I'll just, I'll just show you one day. I'll put it yes, on the Instagram story, video. guys. Look yes. out for it. Um, oh, see, we do this, and I lose my train of thought. Okay. Where was? Oh, it was an agent. His, he, there was two of them. Either their name, like his name was either Al or Gary. So we're gonna call him Al. Let's call him Gary. <laughs> okay. okay. What if we named him Allery? Allery, cute. Gal. Don't, don't be a gal. Um, so this RCMP agent is like, cool, tight. I know a guy. Obviously, Sebastian doesn't know that he is an undercover agent. So they have a couple meetings. Um, he pitches the screenplay to this guy, and he's like, okay, yeah, let me get you. Oh no, that's okay. So this is when they start doing the operation called Mr. Big, which is a RCMP thing that I don't think they are allowed to do anymore because it's highly problematic. Mr. Big is a undercover operation where um, RCMP agents are, they basically go undercover as a crime boss. So they have these people, they act like they're in the mob. They have these people do commit, like, fake crimes. The people, like Sebastian, think that they're totally real. But it's just ways to kind of trap them, I guess. So, as an example, Al's talking to Sebastian, and Al's like, listen, I need to know that, you know, if you want to do this, you're in, so we're going to give you a job. Sebastian's like, cool, sick, let's do it. So he's like, I'm going to need you to... I think it was, like, steal a car, and we'll give you 200 bucks. And he's like, well, I'll do this, but that's not enough money. And, um... Smart boy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, he's like, okay, well, just this is just a test. Let's see how you do. He's like, okay, fine. So, he passes with flying colors, because I guess it's not hard to steal a car. Um, so then they're like, okay, for your next one... Uh, you're gonna bring in your friend Jimmy. He's like, okay, fine. And because Jimmy's been recorded too, because it's the apartment that they live in. So he's like, bring in Jimmy, and then we're gonna have you money launder between these two banks, and we'll give you two grand. He's like, sick. This is gonna be easy. So him and Jimmy go in. They launder the money. They get the two grand. It's super easy. And in an interview with Sebastian, he's like, yeah, it was the easiest two grand I've ever made. 
That felt awesome. And then he was like, I'm going to get to write. I'm going to get to write this movie. And so they do this kind of thing over and over again where they get him to do all these odd jobs. These are not real crimes. The, they have enough funds, I guess, to be able to do this kind of a thing. Um, what they were essentially trying to do is to gain Sebastian's trust. So, yeah. So it's a it's a really long con. And it wasn't... So in the show, the uh, confession tapes, it's very disturbing because... Not only do they play the 911 call, but after a few minutes after that, they play the video footage between Al and Sebastian. And Al is sitting there, and he's like, look, um, you know, we'll help you with all these jobs or whatever. We can set you up with some money. But if you've done anything, we need to know about it so we can take care of it. And Sebastian's like, well, there's this thing that happened, and if something comes up, you know, you'll probably have to get rid of some stuff. And they're like, okay, but we need to know. And so Sebastian kind of goes into maybe, like, what could have happened. And the RCMP uses a fake document with the Bellevue PD's letterhead. And they're like, this is the information that we have on these two guys. That's a fake piece of paper. It's not real. They use it anyway, and they got a confession out of Sebastian. So, what I know, see, it's like so many. Uh, so, Sebastian says that they saw the movie, or like they went into the movie theater, The Lion King. They snuck out. They went back to uh, Bellevue, which, remember, was in the same city. So, the theater and the house is like five minutes apart. Um. They, he said that Atif did not physically hurt anyone. He said the first time he confessed, Sebastian said that Atif was sitting in another room while Sebastian went around with a bat and killed the mother, the father, and then beat the sister. So back into the house like the Bellevue PD is looking at the evidence and looking at crime scene photos and stuff and on the wall in the bedroom there is obviously where the father was there was a lot of blood spatter there was brain matter it was really really bad but there was a part in the blood spatter where there is an, obstru uh, an obstruction so we know that blood spatter evidence is kind of debunked but it is fact when something is standing in between the source of the blood and then the wall that it will eventually lean up on the shape of whatever that is, is going to be there. Right. Like that makes sense. I mean, that's physics. Yeah. So stuff can't go through stuff. Yeah. There was like a kind of a misshapen form of like shoulders and a head in the blood spatter indicating that somebody, yeah, was standing in the room while somebody else was, murdering the family or at least the father in that room um so that was their claim that they sebastian went in and did it and you know he's like out for the count then that's when he called 911 and it was like we're gonna be outside because we don't know what's happening inside so over these past few months while sebastian has been talking to al the rcmp agent atif is not 
I they live in the same apartment, so you have to assume that um, Sebastian's going back and being like, hey, you know, I found this guy. He's doing these, we're helping him with these jobs or whatever. Jimmy's in on it. And Atif's like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm not into it. And he's like, okay, fine. But if we want to write the screenplay, if we want this movie to be a thing, then, you know, we're going to have to do it. And so Sebastian finally gets Atif in to meet with Al. And in the confession tapes, he it it's just so weird. Like if looking at body language and all this stuff, it's just so interesting. But he basically like whatever Sebastian said, he's like, yeah, that's how it happened. He's like, that's what it is. The only kind of weird difference is Sebastian said that they had found the baseball bat that everybody was killed with just like lying around. And uh, Atif said that they went to a store together and purchased it. So they're like, WTF, what's actually happening? Um, Based on these tapes that were taken by the RCMP, they are arrested. Now, it is not legal in the U.S. for such, like, the the Mr. Big scheme is not legal. The wiretapping like that is not legal. Um, But in Canada, it is. So... They are taken into custody in Canada, and they, um, they, I mean, they're kind of just waiting around for, like, I think a year. I'm sorry about the timeline, guys. Like I said, it's, everything is so divided, (laughs) and the dates are kind of washy. Um, essentially what happens is that okay they're taken into canadian custody and the sebastian's father hires a legal team for sebastian and atif um i don't remember the one of the da's name but there is a da Teresa olsen who after being um sebastian's attorney for a while they were caught having sex by the guards in the jail that's gross it's so gross and i think i believe that happened in 99 so they were kind of just hanging out in jail for like three years um i mean yes what are they in jail in canada yeah for a crime committed in the states yeah because they are they've been convicted or they've been arrested because of the tapes. Hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, yeah. So once the thing with the attorney comes out, ah. it kind of all gets put on pause. So now the Bellevue police are like, we want them back because we found all this evidence. They found the only like hardcore physical evidence was there was um, blood in the shower, but it was the father's blood. So whoever the killer was had to have um, come in, do the deed, and then shower. And the police were like, well, somebody that felt comfortable enough to shower in that house, that is who that would have had to been. But, like, we've heard stories where people 
kill people and then you know shower in the house like yeah, taking a shower isn't evidence unfortunately no so and you know like their prints were all over the house because they had been staying there for essentially a week by the time that happened um but were there other prints found no well they were not so they are in canada the u.s is like we want them canada's like um Yes and no. They're like, you can have them, but we don't believe in the death penalty here, so you can't, they can't get death. And but they believe in framing people for murder. I know. And so... It's cool, we don't kill them. America's like, okay, cool, tight. That's fine. So it was all the way until the early 2000s before they were extradited back to Washington. So, actually, I don't think it was. I think it was the 90s. Yeah, there's no way it was that long. Oh, shit. Eh, have someone hit us with that uh, uh, corrections corner. We're going to have a big old corrections next week. <laughs> um, okay, so they're extradited back to Washington, and the judge is like, okay, well, death penalty's off the table because that's what we promised Canada. We have a, some type of a like a legal treaty with them. I read that in an article. That's not just bullshit. That's fancy. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find it, but that's not gonna work. Um so what essentially happens is that they get both Sebastian and Atif get three uh consecutive life sentences. And so now both of them are serving time in Washington for the rest of their lives. Even though they've both appealed multiple times. I would really want to see the evidence presented in that case. Right. So now, since Cody's seen it, I want to know what Cody thinks and what she thought when she watched it. And how bad I just fucked it up. You did not fuck it up. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Let me know if you lose me. Okay. I have a huge problem with it because in my mind, it's like, yeah, they could have done it, but where's the evidence to prove that they did do it? Except for Canada. But Canada used intimidation. Yeah. Completely. I mean, because in one part, they were like, we were, we were scared of these guys. Like, we thought if they said, we said no... We weren't going to do this stuff. They would do something to us. Yeah. Because they seemed like mob type guys. Right. And they, they obviously like knew a lot about them. Um, and even if they didn't really know a lot about them, they did because they were listening in on them. So they could have threatened them even more if they said, no, we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. It was just the whole thing was just intimidation and, then the fact that they can't use any of that here in the U.S., what evidence did they use? I mean, They used the tapes. But that's illegal. Yeah, but they were like, you, can, you should use the tapes, just don't give them death. And they're like, okay, fine. Because they used those tapes in court here in America. Right. It was allowed, but yeah. Which is crazy because it's it's not allowed. The police aren't allowed to do that here. Right. They're not allowed. Like 
there's literally people who have like pretty much like said I killed someone on a camera. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they're still just like, well, there's not enough to convict them. That's the biggest controversy. I don't remember why exactly, but in the confession tapes on Netflix, they talk about how they used it in court in Washington. I am gonna go watch this. I, I mean, I highly recommend it because I barely touched on... I just wanted to get to, like, the undercover mob stuff because I thought that was cool. But cool <laughs> and shitty at the same time. But they really get in to a lot of stuff and there are some um there is a dateline there is a uh, some other kind of like youtubeable thing the Netflix. they all the... they all kind of say the same thing they just lean a different way whether the boys are innocent or they're guilty no i think they're guilty however yeah i do not think that the way they were convicted is fair well, what I was going to touch back on, and I didn't really, when I was telling you about what they did on the night of the 12th, like, they went to this restaurant, and they did this, and they went to the movie, and they were loud. Like, everyone remembered them at every single place. Mm -hmm. Or someone remembered that at every single Because what two 18-year-olds buy wine and a salad? Like, what do 18-year-olds leave a big tip at a diner? Hey, I tipped very well as an 18-year-old. Yeah, no, but you're not an 18-year-old boy. <laughs> No. Like, who who talks so loud during the movie? Like, that kind of thing. Everybody remembered... That's so suspicious. ...their faces. And that's what the police thought. They were like, well, they obviously made their alibi airtight, even though the distance between the theater and the Raffae house was, like, five, ten minutes. Like, not long at all. They could have easily snuck out in the movie and gone back then. That's right, where they were nothing, like... There's nothing proof. There's absolutely nothing proving that they snuck out and they, they would have to find, saw them sneaking around or. Mm. I get so what you're weird. saying, Cody. Like they don't have any proof that they actually snuck out. Right. Yeah. And I just, for, for actual innocent people, little innocent people, it sucks. Yeah. Because you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. The another thing is they were just kids, like, 19. At 19, you think you know everything, and you don't know nothing. That's so true. Not a damn thing. So they, true. I, I just, I really want to know what actually happened in that, maybe not so much in the house, in the house, but, like, on that night, and then what happened at the police station. And what happened at the RCMP? Because the RCMP is equivalent to the American FBI. Mm -hmm. So that's Canada's version of the FBI. But they got horses. But they are mounted. <laughs> <laughs> that's my understanding of Canada. You cannot take that away from me. <laughs> that and Sandoz are good, I guess. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Canada. I've definitely been to Canada twice. Canada I've never been. We have cool. Canadian friends. We yeah. have friends, guys. You're so close to Canada. You should I know. go. I know. John had a really bad experience in Montreal as a kid, and now he, like, won't go back, so I'm working I on know. it. Wait. Is he, it something he... you can do, divulge? Yeah. That, from what I can tell, <laughs> him and his family, <laughs> from what I can piece together from this story, him and his family went, he was, like, 11. He can't hear me. He's right in front of me, but he's playing video games, so he can't hear yes. me. Uh, <laughs> he was, like, 11, 
and him and his family went from somewhere on a bus to Montreal. I don't know that part of it. And while they were in Montreal, some lady, like, got off of the bus to go get ice cream or something, and everybody got off, and the bus ended up leaving them. Mm. And so, like, they had to walk or something. (laughs) Like, (laughs) apparently for an 11-year-old, it was very traumatic, and he was very done with the whole situation. But this can all be avoided. (laughs) 100%. Like, I'm not going to go on a tour bus. It wasn't Canada that did this to him. I know. It was that ice cream. (laughs) I know. He was like, that stupid lady wanted ice cream. Yeah. Now they've got Uber and Lyft. Yeah. You can just call a car. It's you a different time. Walk. You don't a time to be alive. It's not the 90s anymore. It's not the 90s. Wait, he was probably 11 in the thousands, not the 90s. Yeah, not the thousands. We're the same age. Mm, yep. <laughs> Judging. <laughs> No, I just, Jared and I are are literally like 33 days apart. It's fine. We're like two weeks. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, For two weeks, he gets to be like, I'm older than you. Like, well, what have you learned? Tell me. It's even better because Jared forgets how old he is. And so he's like, I can't believe I'm turning 30 this year. (laughs) That was the year he was turning 27. (laughs) Oh, why does he think he's older? I don't know. He's he's lived a full life. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, that's my super twisted, upsetting, many layers case. Oh, man. And you probably have more questions than I answered, but the confession tapes are still on Netflix, and it's very YouTubeable. I'm. But I don't tapes. recommend looking up articles, because damn. Is there, like, an element of um some like racism going on no oddly not really? um yeah which i kind of was it sur- racism for muslim would it be religiousism i don't know well if you think about it this was much it was before 9-11 so i but i was one in 94 i don't know what was you know what yeah, the uh the impression that that kind of discrimination had happened before 9-11 it just exploded after that point right and that makes sense but it was washington and canada and canada they have a crazy diverse population in some parts yeah and bellevue was such a like upper middle class quiet nice neighborhood i don't think anybody was you know turned off hmm. you know yeah there was nowhere near the discrimination because they had before 9-11. I mean, they had a mosque in that part of Washington because that's where they had the funerals for the okay. Rafay family. So it seemed like everybody was pretty open-minded. I hope that's right. I hope we didn't just <laughs> botch that in somebody's Person's cardboard. Yeah, that's all we can do, guys. Um, and then I think my other question is if it if the murder was supposed to be happening during prayer time. Yeah. I feel, like, a little bit more suspicious of the boys because they would know that time. They would also be required to be doing the prayer at that time, so I wonder if they use that as an excuse to leave the theater. Well, Atif would. But not Sebastian. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't... You don't have a visual. Okay. The Rafay family is obviously Muslim. Sebastian Burns is a white Canadian... 
French Canadian hmm. dude. Yeah. It's hard to tell with Sebastian's. Yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> yeah, her butt is like right against the other side of the mic. <laughs> you were so close. Oh, some tail wag asthma. Some tail wag asthma. Literally asthma, though. Ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. There it is. So... I love it. I love oh. that story. I mean, it's interesting. Like. Yeah, so I'll definitely have corrections for next week. I'm gonna watch the confession tapes, don't you worry. For sure. No, I I should do corrections. I I can do better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I like I think what I most enjoy about the way you tell stories is that like person was like, Yeah, and the other guy was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, cool, tight to tight. <laughs> it was my favorite part. <laughs> obviously more official than that. <laughs> I mean, was it? Mm. I'm just trying to make it relatable. Plus, we don't need to know all the words, every single verbatim thing. That's, that's true. not that's not this podcast. <laughs> but you you flux between like tatatai one hundo to pariah. Like that is a word I just recently learned, and I am twenty what? years old. <laughs> I love that well, word. Well, apparently, I learned it today because I've never heard that before. What? Yeah. No. So I think what can I had read it as a kid, and I think the thing that effed me up is that it's spelled a lot like parish, and a parish is a good thing. And so I was like, "Cool, pariah. He must be like <laughs> a good thing." <laughs> it sounds like a good thing, like a queen or a princess or something. No, yeah. pariah is someone that's like kind of shunned no from society. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me know, so I don't yeah. use it sometimes. I heard it from the first time off the movie Stick It. Did anybody ever watch that? No, nope. Only me. Oh my god, Such we're a really bad at movies. Wait, unless so. it's a cheerleading movie. No, it's gymnastics. Nope. It's not called gymnastics. I'm sorry. That's oh. a quote from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not called gymnastics. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Violet, what do you think? I'll give you eight seconds. All right. Oh, I agree. <laughs> it's fucked up. It is fucked up. <laughs> Ghost pilot. She'd be like, "You cut me off." <laughs> I expect so many video messages. Yeah, Violet. Violet. We did uh, advice last time, so is it things we like again? Yes. There is a okay. show on Netflix called 100% Hotter. And <laughs> it is exactly what it sounds like. But it's garbage British television that I don't have to think about while I'm watching it. That's always nice. Basically, it's these three people that are quote-unquote professionals. There's like a makeup <laughs> person, a style person for clothes, and then like is a hairstylist. what not to wear? But like the really... A bizarrely done British version. Yes. Um, so, these people come in from London. They're like, I'm just living my best life with my neon rainbow hair and my face paint as a skeleton. And they're like, what the fuck? Is this your everyday look? Hashtag and <laughs> they're like, is this your everyday look? And they're like, yeah, it takes about four hours to do. And they're oh like, what the fuck? We have to help you. So, these three people make up makeover 
these people that are nominated by their friends and asshole friends at the end like for the most part i think most of them change their look just so they're not i guess so scary in public but mm. the way it's shot is hilarious because all three stylists are in the same clothes the entire time so i think that they shot all of it in like a 72 hour period and they just like saw people one after the other. And the stylus glasses doesn't have lenses in them, which I find bizarre. Right? Even my fake glasses have lenses. Anyway, that's a hundred percent hotter for you on Netflix. <laughs> Only watch it if you dare. <laughs> Do confession tapes first, and yeah. then a hundred percent. Oh, and that's another thing. At the end of the the when the contestants come on, they're like, okay, we had these random people of the streets rate you. And they're like, oh, well, she's like a 4.7. Oh. And it's awful. Like, I hate it. And then at the end of it, they're like, let's see what your ratings are now. When they show people of London, these people's make, like, the person's made overlook. And they're like, oh, my God, they're like an 8. So you're 100% hotter. Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> It's garbage, and I know it's garbage. You can't go into that thinking it's going to be great. I love it, though. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> no, I won't. I don't <laughs> Yep, that's my long-winded thing I like. Cody, what do you like? Um, I read the book Pretty Girls. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. Mm-mm. Seth's mom gave it to me, and it's about... A, 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 well, let's just say a human trafficking ring that makes snuff films. So I, the whole time I was like, Seth's mom read this, Seth's mom read this, Seth's mom, yeah. Oh. So now I have to give it back to her and be like, that was good. I mean, it was, <laughs> but it's just like awkward. What if she's like, and hey, what about this part? Oh, I'll just be like, that was crazy. I This is awkward. Like, <laughs> Please let me leave. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. This feels Something. very much like when my mom made a Fifty Shades of Grey joke. Yeah. My She's like, you're reading this? I'm reading it. I'm like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Oh, gross. But interesting. Yeah. So now I'm for a new book to read, because I need a new book to read. Mm. 100% hotter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bug, Macy. <laughs> That's not how this works. Um, there... I feel like, Cody, you would enjoy this book I read when I was a kid. I think it's a young adult book, so it won't take you very long. Um, let me double check. But I think it's called The Feed? It is. Okay. So it's about the future uh, where basically everyone's brain is plugged into the internet. Ew. Um, and... It is basically like putting ads into everyone's brain, and it's a really great book. That's disturbing. Imagine a mashup of Black Mirror episodes and post apocalyptic Britain. Ooh. That sounds good. I'm excited. I need more Black Mirror to come out. I don't. Makes me so depressed. (laughs) What do you like? Is that the book you like? Um, I mean, I like that book when I read it as a teenager. Uh, it's great. I highly recommend it. I think it won some kind of award. And 
a count a Caldecott medal? Is that a thing? A silver Caldecott medal? I someone correction cardboard me, but that's what I remember it being. Um, no, I I like uh, I had it all sorted out. Oh, I like basically the access to information we have now. So like. I got told I was going to South Africa, and so now I'm, like, researching everything I can, and there's just so much information on the internet, like, I feel better prepared and more awake to, more woke to, like, <laughs> the things that are happen, and, and you can eat there, and, like, I'm not going into this completely blind in that. As someone with anxiety, it feels really great. Right. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Thank you guys Violet. for hanging Violet, out. you're missed! Violet, come back! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, we never figured out a sign-off, huh? No, we never no. figured out a sign-off. We barely got an intro. <laughs> oh shit, Violet was supposed to do the intro. <laughs> Alright, everyone, thanks for listening. Maisie, give us those sweet, sweet social meds deets. Social Mies Deets. Ooh, that's a new one. Uh, you can check deets. us out. <laughs> you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Blows. And then we have a Reddit page, a subreddit, at Murder Blows, all one word. Uh, everything's lowercase. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> and you can send us stuff at... Oh, yeah. Send us your stories. We want your Too Close for Comforts. We want... What else do we want? That's basically uh. it. Anything that ever made you feel weird. Tell us stuff about yourself. Yeah, let us know. Come talk to us. Tell us if you want a sticker. Yeah, let us know if you want a damn sticker. Uh, you can email us at murderblows at gmail.com. We made it nice and simple. All right. All right, bye. 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 Oh, my God. understanding of Canada, you cannot take that away from me. <laughs> hey guys, it's Tammy Merhap Chavez. And Bryce Mitchell-Williams. We are the hosts of Hollyweird Paranormal. It's a podcast about Hollywood true crime and the paranormal based out of Los Angeles, California. We spike this Hollywood cocktail with stories of true crime and its paranormal aftermath, along with dirty Hollywood scandals and secrets that make up this weird city of Hollywood and its surrounding areas that make up this crazy state of California. Catch our episodes every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Life is too short to be normal. Stay weird with Hollyweird Paranormal. All right, but you mentioned a cocktail and now it's all I'm craving. Right, let's end this promo and get one. Yes. <sighs>